People want stories. You know, this is the same as somebody saying, this is the worst thing I've ever smelled. And you go, let me smell that. Yeah. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 170 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the bit baker. I'm Sam, and I'm the man who makes pictures. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Sunktuber Bubbly Force 2018. Yes, that is a date. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show. There's going to be profanity, and we're going to talk about, uh, like, you know, kinds of adult sort of things. Like business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Self-improvement. Yeah. yeah. So if you are a wee babby, then you can you can scoot on out, go play your Switch or your Game Boy mm-hmm. or what, uh, one of those ring hoops that yep. you can roll down the street. Yes. Any, any of those three popular children's toys of today. Yep. The, All the right. stick and hoop. Yeah. Uh, so on to the news. For starters, we'd like to thank our Ko-Fi supporters. These are people who have donated to support the podcast over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Uh, we've got some notes here from from these folks. So we got uh, Rescue 2 says, do hamsters secretly make all your video games and you are just pretending to be the ones who make them? Great yes. question. On to the next one. Rosa <laughs> Evan, three coffees for the brothers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Devin Smith uh, says, I can't wait for Shenanicon. I already bought my ticket and I got off work to travel up. You guys are hilarious. LOL. Smiley face. Amazing. I only I hope you <laughs> I only hope my games will be as good as yours someday. Well, thank you. That's very nice. That's very kind. Uh, and also we have a, a number of recurring supporters who are donating monthly, and we appreciate that quite a lot. All right, on to uh studio news, of course, Shenanicon, as we just as we just heard. Uh-huh. It's happening. It's gonna be good. It's October twentieth. 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 The twenty third, twentieth. It's a Saturday, and it'll be sort of a four ish hour event where you get to kind of play level head for before literally anybody else in the planet. Yeah, we do now have an actual sort of timeline of events, though I think it is not on the website yet. Yes, although actually we're recording on Monday. This comes out Wednesday. Who knows? Perhaps it the will website be. being meet.bscotch.net. Yeah, mm-hmm. but meet as in meet a person, but not as in like turn them into meet. Right, but to, <laughs> just to yeah. get to know. I have been yeah. meeted. <laughs> yeah, so go to meet.bscotch.net to uh, get in on the shenanigans. What's the past tense of meet? Uh, as in to turn someone into. Is that meat? a cone? Did I just make up a cone? A cone? Like a Zen cone? Oh, you know? not a cone like a, <laughs> not a cone like the three D object. This conversation like has become cone. very <laughs> past tense meet. Past tense meet. We're talking about. But you're, is meet about, is a verb, as in. Meat as in you know, uh, to meet, meet a person. Meat as in the noun as a verb. As in to turn someone into meat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is that also Well, here's the thing. Well. People <laughs> already are meat. So if you turn somebody into meat, you haven't done anything at all. But no, I think you've got to turn them meat. more inside out to have them just be that just That just meat. makes the meat available. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <The> shop is <laughs> open. The shop is open. <laughs> the meat shop <laughs> is ready for business. Um, yeah. So we're going to be doing a live podcast at that event as well. And, and somebody asked if we would also stream that thing on Discord while we're doing it. And the answer is probably no. I don't know. Probably not, though, because that sounds complicated. It might be complicated. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. it's, it's on the table as a thing we will consider trying to attempt. We'll look at it with our eyes. But mostly you're just going to have to be there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Actually, fortunately. Yeah, definitely. Fortunate. Fortunate. Yeah, that's, that's where that $15 ticket gets you. It gets you that early access podcast yeah. listen, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and also there will be food. So the $15 also goes into that. But probably most importantly, you'll get to play level head. Yeah, definitely. Most important. Well, I don't know. The food's going to be pretty good. (laughs) It is going to be pretty good. (laughs) 
yeah, so that's happening. Uh, ticket sales close on October 13th. We have limited availability because, you know, it's a smallish space. Because so, the world is only so large. The world is only so big. Mm-hmm. There's only 7 billion people. So yeah. uh, get your tickets if you want them. That's meet.bscotch.net. Uh, also, in the news, we were we were on another podcast. Yeah. This is our first uh, guest appearance as sort of – we've done individual guest appearances on podcasts, on other people's podcasts. Although not for quite a while, I don't think. Not for quite a while. I think it's, it was mostly right right after Crashlands. Crash we yeah. did a bunch of them and yeah. then that was it. It's something we don't do that often. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a leverage thing, I think. You know, yeah. like podcasts tend to – especially game dev podcasts tend to have a pretty limited reach, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it does take, you know, a good hour or more of your time to sit down and, and do it, but it's also a lot of fun. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dip, dip our toe in yeah, every now so and got, then. Especially getting all three of us into one. It's always just a lot more fun because it's basically mm-hmm. just our podcast somewhere else, which is yeah, we, we, yeah, we, the three <laughs> of us, overpower. we basically just crashed this podcast and they, they would ask us a question and then we just kind of bloviated for like 10 minutes. And As be, we do. And they'd be like, nice. And then on to the next question. <laughs> um, so that was Game Dev's Quest, which I believe that episode comes out Monday. Which Monday is today. Which is today, the day we're recording, which is two days ago. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, time yep. is confusing. It's September. Who cares? Time is a, just a social construct. Mm-hmm. You know. I guess we really need a, a podcast time zone so that when we talk about time, people just can like go online to the mm. the butterscotch. The, the Coffee with Butterscotch podcast time zone converter. Say, we got to make that Wonope calendar. What is it? Where every, every day is a month. Uh, every year is three weeks. Did we decide what the origin of history is for that calendar? Like what? Who made it? Who made yeah, it? I don't it, know. It, no, no, as in is it the beginning? Like where does time start at zero? Oh, 1970. Yep. I was so, <laughs> so we're using the epic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The epoch. I listened to a uh, Or we could use the, the date of the birth of the studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Yeah. Then we have to do a bunch of math though. No, we'll just have computers do it. That's a good point. I yeah. listened to a Moth Radio Hour, and it was a a Moth was, Radio Hour. Have you listened to the Moth before? No. So I assume this is a giant talking moth. No, it's a, it's, it's a story. <laughs> it's just a storytelling event. So people show up and they tell a particular story that they've sort of crafted. It's usually about. themed around mm-hmm. some. Then it's vetted ahead of time. I, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So they're all really good. Okay. So this uh, this are, one yeah. was this daughter wanted some more time. Wanted to spend more time with her dad. She's nine, and so she came up with a list of fifty questions for him because he's like a philosopher. Writer type, he's always in his head. And one of them was time. What is it? Why? <laughs> Why? And I was like, yeah. Why? I actually, had a, what is this? I had a very, a very brief conversation with my wife. We were on a road trip this weekend, and I was like, if time started going faster all of a sudden, would we notice? I mean, no. She was like, I mean, that doesn't matter. I was like, that's a good. Point. <laughs> <laughs> because you know she's practical because yeah, if time moved faster we would be experiencing it faster yeah, as long as and our everything s- would just be the same as long as we kept up but i think a, a better question is can time move faster does that even because even if it like because time that means that time itself experiences some additional kind of time well, in which it, it can move with very well that's because we are moving through it or it's moving through us right so that's like saying what if space moved faster because it's a dimension that we exist in, you know, is yeah, three-dimensional yeah. space. But is space moving or are we just moving through it? Well, it's probably a better question is what if space were bigger? Because it's, it's – you got to go along the dimensions well, it is, that are though. available. Well, yeah, it is bigger. It is always bigger. That's the thing yeah. about space. Like time, time, can also get, time can also get bigger. <laughs> it can also get slower though. Right? Can it? 
Yeah, that's not what Einstein's thing was all about. It's like if you go real fast, then time moves no. real slow. No, you, I believe ex- about you, no, you experience time. No, it's that you are slow. moving slower through time. If you're going fast? Yeah. Yeah. So is that why when you enter a flow state, when you're working really hard, because your brain's just like going yeah. fast? Yeah. And this is and why- Time ceases to have meaning. And this mm-hmm. is why when you microwave your lunch- <laughs> Time completely stops. Yes, <laughs> so there's two microwaves in our building downstairs, and every so often, there's like a small line. We'll be jam. We'll be working all morning, four hours. It's like boom, mm-hmm. blows past. It's just gone now. And we're like, all right, at lunchtime, let's go. So everyone runs down there, and then we sort of shove our stuff in the microwaves, and it's just a minute, like a minute and a half, to heat everything up. But for some reason, it's hours. You can it feel, feels- your, yeah, you can feel yourself aging. You know how there's those those people talk about when you travel at the speed of light. If you leave, if you go to if you'd like four years or something, mm-hmm. or I guess like four minutes at near the speed of light and then come back to earth, then like 6,000 years will have passed or Some something crazy like thing, that. Yeah. yeah. So, so you will, it will be as if it's not quite that dramatic, but it is, it is dramatic. Well, if you though. go at the speed of light then I think it's infinite, right? Then like you would just, yeah, yeah. The it, well, then you, well, it depends on how long you go. Cause you only would, if you only left for four minutes, then it, everybody else would have aged for four minutes and that's it. But you would have not aged at all. Uh-huh. Right. So it's more, if you go on a trip to like, you know, 80 light but years what that away to a that, star and then come back and manage to do that in like a few hundred years or something like that. And uh, thousands of years then, have passed. Then, well, just that, that 80 years will have passed or whatever, yeah. but not for you. Right. You know? Whoa. Yeah. So, so you would experience so many years and everybody else would experience a thousand times. Yeah. Back. It's one of those things that every, every time I sit down, like I have to like rework through the logic of it. Cause it makes sense. Like once you get to the end of the logic chain of, of which direction things go, then I'm, I'm like, like locks back in. I'm like, Oh yes. Okay. Right. That's, that's how well, I think but strategy, even right now, I'm trying to remember how it works. And I'm like, I know we're all off here. <laughs> like the idea is right, but the details I'm, I can't quite. <laughs> it's a little obtuse. But I think yeah. the, the strategy that we've come up with is we're just going to get a bank of microwaves and put them in the studio. Yeah, if you want to get a lot of work done, mm-hmm. then just be microwaving something yes. and waiting for it. Because it will give yeah. you what appears to be like 18 times the normal yeah. amount of You're time. like, I need to write a novel. I'm going to quickly set up a I'm microwave bank. quickly. Just nuke a hot pocket for four minutes, <laughs> and your novel's uh-huh. done. By the yep. time that hot pocket is ready, <laughs> yep. come back. Everyone has aged by eighty years, but not you. Not you. You're fresh, and your novel is done. Time has passed you by. You don't even know. Like everybody's carrying around weird smartphones that are now disc shaped and have screens mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah, it's wild. The future's wild. But you're not. This is yeah. This is a Futurama situation. But the internet doesn't exist anymore. You just throw your discs like frisbees to communicate with each other. So there's a lot of disc catching. Well, yeah, you write them on, write on them with a sharpie, and then yeah, you throw yeah it. right. <laughs> it just is a piece of glass <laughs> that you throw as a frisbee. Yeah. Well, as, as I understand it, all technology is trending toward people just carrying around smooth panes of glass. Mm-hmm. So that does track. Yep. But then eventually we'll all if just it becomes, be smooth panes of glass. Yeah, if, it, if it goes too far toward gl- panes of glass, then it just is a pane of glass now that you write on with a yeah, sharpie. Yeah, that is the inevitable outcome. My favorite thing was uh, there was some paper, like uh, high-tech paper that came out. Oh, well, I watched the video for it, and I was just sort of amused because they're like, it feels just like paper. But everything that they were using it for was just what you would use what a piece use? of paper for. And I was <laughs> like, just get some paper. Like, it's, not, it's right there. And they're I like, did. it's searchable. I'm like, I have never searched for anything in any of my notes almost ever, except for when I was in college. That was like the one time when yeah. I needed to know where things yeah, were. Notebooks are places where ideas go to die. Or Not anymore with where they, high-tech paper. <laughs> I think it's, it's really where they, where they go to be born. Well, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then you so, move I mean, on. Yeah, you don't, you, you, don't need the, you don't need the dregs of your idea farm. A notebook know? is just an idea nursery. So, you, you, so you sort of become the absent parent of your ideas. Absolutely. You, you birth them into this notebook and then you're like, 
See ya. You're on your own now. Well, really, you only I take the ones that are that are sort of clamor enough for attention with you. You know, mm. and they, get get, they go to go on and become something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're if you're able to search through all your notes, you're basically just now a trash panda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got a bunch See, of trashy ideas in there. The yeah. trash panda, and you, might, and you might think they're delicious because you know you're like being a trash panda, mm-hmm. there, but you're wrong. Objectively. You're this apple you're core just of an idea. Through garbage. Right? <laughs> That's all you're doing. Use uh, paper. All right, on to industry news. As much as I want to keep talking about weird <laughs> notebooks, we got a podcast to get through. Right, let's go. Uh, some sad news. Telltale. Telltale Games. Makers of The Walking Dead and other stuff. And some other stuff, too. <laughs> Minecraft Story Mode. Um, they got some other things. Made, Tales the from Wolf, the Borderlands. Among Us. Wolf yeah. Us. Made a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were based, were based in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had over 250 staff, like 270-something. Yeah. And I think they've... They laid off nearly everybody except for a 25-person skeleton crew. Yeah. So they laid off 90% of their staff roughly, so 250 people. Yeah. And um, I think – didn't they – I think they just launched that other Walking Dead yeah. game. They just they just launched some stuff. They have some things in the works. They're canceling several projects. All I know is I saw an image of like a 15 to 16-year-old Clementine and I was like, my father instincts are kicking back. <laughs> <laughs> she made how, it. How does she do it? You know? She okay. It's time to check in yeah. with Clementine. Um, but yeah, so they, they they made this a big announcement, that, and I I didn't know that they were you know of course you never know. This is the the weird thing about uh, I guess just watching games be made or watching even like entertainment products be made is that you never know what the the like the inputs going in and then the situation sort of in the creation of the output are because you only see yeah, the output. from the outside like it looks like a successful studio. With, yeah, and I think there have been some articles in the past about some you know work workplace issues and stuff, mm-hmm. but. But as a, a lot of crunch, yeah. But as a, as a company making a product, it like it looked from the outside as if things were going fine. They're making these high quality things. They've well, they had a published niche. by big nobody, players. Yeah, nobody They're, made stuff. They like owned that. the niche completely. Yeah. People seem to be buying it. Seem to be into it. Uh, and you know, the, the important thing is always your your ROI. Mm-hmm. So if they're just if they're just dumping money into this thing, then it doesn't matter how successful it looks like they are on the outside because they're spending all of their resources. Right. Because the I is just as important as the R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In ROI, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, good luck to everybody who anybody who was affected by that. Um, sad, yeah. yeah. And and there's there's it's been crazy. a lot of talk as well about the the people being let go with no severance. Yeah, that's that was um, the wild part. They have a, I think a week on their health care, and then they're on their own. So none of that stuff. Um, and I think yeah, so somehow Telltale wasn't able to see this coming and plan for it. Yes. Well, it, so it may also suddenly this might have, this may have been a gray rhino situation. Yeah. You know, I think there's kind of that that it's you should not necessarily default to explain something away with malice when incompetence may be the sure like may also explain. Well, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like some somehow just suddenly they're like, oh no, now we have to yeah. fire ninety percent of our people this very moment. Right. Yeah. Like that seems to be what happened because if you were if you were being responsible about it, and whether that means not an ass because you knew what was happening or not incompetent because you knew what was happening, you know, either one. Uh, if you knew that that was going to be happening, then the responsible thing to do would be to try to figure out like, okay, well, how much severance can we get people? Let's yeah. let them know ahead before that actually happens so we can give them two weeks or, you know, whatever. Uh, but that, yeah, that would be a little mean, bit of a window, but that would mean you would have to know it was coming. Yeah. And, and that would mean that if you were, if you were setting aside enough, you know, enough money to give severance for 250 people, yeah, it's, crazy. it's a lot of money. Right. Then that means you have to also decide 
you know, to close down the studio earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? I think <laughs> with most of these things, it's usually the case that you have some big project fall through or some, yeah. some or sort several. of behind the scenes investment or something like well, that. Yeah, think about their monthly expenses yeah. for being in San Francisco with 250 it's, staff. I don't want to think about it. I'm getting shivers. What would that even be? Yeah. That would be at, at bare, bare minimum if they're not paying their people very well. Which in San Francisco is likely because it's hard no to amount of money. I mean, relatively, <laughs> yeah, relatively, you can't be. Yeah, so at minimum, you're talking millions of dollars per Ugh, month. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, best of luck to everybody affected by that. That's a huge bummer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, there are one million game studios in San Francisco. So yep. may, maybe yeah. maybe there will some, be – They'll find some Find some stuff. Um, so that happened. And then last but not least in the news – this is probably the biggest news item mm. of the week is that Adam's wife grew some ghost peppers. I yes. don't know why this happened. Yeah, I don't either. She what sort of, you know, there's been reports uh in the papers mm-hmm. that this has been an ongoing <laughs> incident. Uh, we well when we were setting up our garden this year. So last year we grew a bunch of uh Serranos. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew this year. And yeah. you thought they're popping this off isn't like crazy. Enough. And then, and like and I didn't I didn't understand the the just the sheer number of serranos that come off of a single pepper plant. So we do, we still have some in the like a lot in the freezer because we just we just kind of take them out, use them every once in a while. But so this year, so Jenny, Jenny just my wife just loves peppers for whatever for whatever reason she loves spiciness. Mm-hmm. She's got you know childhood experiences that brought her up in the 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 fire of the spice house, the spice house, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> So she just wanted to grow some peppers. And so last year I was like, I can't eat anything above, you know, basically a serrano. So I was like, sure, let's do some serranos and I can practice, you know, working on my spice. And then this year when we were out and about, we saw at some store we were at a little baby ghost pepper plant. And my wife was like, you were like, that's so cute. And I I looked up with its dewy eyes. Yeah, And I I said, I was like, we can't, what are we going to do with this? Because it's going to make peppers that we can't eat. Because these are chemical weapons. You can't these even look at them. Your eyes start burning from ten feet away. And uh, <laughs> but she was very insistent that although all that was true, she wanted it. And so we got it. <laughs> we planted it. It actually didn't. Do, it didn't. It wasn't doing very well. It just kind of sat there like at the same size for basically like half the summer. And then and then it was like really hot, so I wasn't going outside as much, you know. And and then but someday I came back out, and this plant was a tree now. <laughs> and uh, it was like father. It got, it got so, I have. <laughs> I have grown. And it got so <laughs> heavy that a couple of weeks ago, it just kind of fell over. So it like half unrooted itself, but it's still alive, which is actually what happened to my, my our serrano plant last I year. I don't understand how this happened because like my serranos are normal size. I feel like they didn't try to leap out of the ground. I don't know. There's something, something about that patch of dirt, I guess. You got like a magic you got dirt patch. And uh, so this thing has, has easily 100 ghost peppers oh grown on it. Almost all of them are green right now. But, but yesterday I went out and checked on it because it was looking a little droopy because it was, you know, Collapsed on the ground, mm-hmm. hadn't rained for a little while, and it was kind of hot. And so and we went out to go peppers. water it, and it's just it's just dripping with these things. And I went to water it, and I saw a bunch of little red things. And I was like, oh, God, they're, they're, they're coming. <laughs> Pain berries. <laughs> so, so, so I pulled off the, the red ones and the really orange ones, and I was like, okay. And I guess it's time to figure out what this is all about. But like, I was – I took them in the in? house and, I, just and I washed my hands immediately and I was mm. didn't want to even touch these things. Then did you go into the shed and get some like long uh, sort of like graspers? I had <laughs> I had I had gloves on already, so okay. it was fine. Uh, I did I did later check. I tested the outside and just like licked the outside of one just to see if it could get through the outside and it does not. It does okay. not. I thought I felt a little bit of something, but that also could have been so the skin, my fear. So the skin of the pepper. Is mostly just coated in fear. Yeah, it's just coated in fear. Okay. Um, but no actual sort of capsaicin. Yes. So so then so my wife got really excited. She's like, all right, it's time. We got we to try this tonight. 
which I was not ready for, but I said, okay, I will, we will do this. <laughs> so, so she cut it open, pulled, you know, pulled the seeds out and then cut the tiniest, tiniest little baby sliver off the side. And then she ate it. And so, so my wife can handle the spiciest stuff I've ever experienced in my life. And then, and she's like, ate it for a little while. And she goes, wow, that's really hot. And, you and it was like, this tiny, tiny oh. sliver. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is going to be a nightmare. And I, so I didn't, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I, I need to know though, somehow, you know? So this is a so train wreck another, situation. Like you're, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta, you gotta understand, you gotta look at it. Mm-hmm. You gotta know it. So we cut off another tiny, tiny little sliver. And then I was like, I'm not willing just to eat this because I'm just not, I'm not going to do that. But mm-hmm. I, so I said, I just poked it with a knife. So I just had it like picked up, you know? And, and it was just, you know, it came to a tiny fine point. Cause it was just this little tiny sliver. And I just touched that little point to my tongue and immediately just felt this burn just go through. Whoa. And it was bearable because it was such a tiny, tiny amount, but I could really feel it. And so like if I had, if I had just eaten that little tiny sliver, it would have probably made me like, you know, turn white and start sweating immediately. <laughs> and it's probably still, I probably still could have been okay, but it was a tiny sliver. You're so, a smarter man than I. If I would have just ripped uh, one of those off, they'd be like, let's go. Oh my God. It was, it's so, 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 it's so scary. There's, of course, we had these little peppers out. And I was like, we got to put these in the fridge so that, you know, our cat doesn't bite one on accident because then we'll just take her to the vet probably. Mm-hmm. And then I texted Sam and Seth and I was like, right, I got some chemical weapons. Do you, do you want, want some? Do you want these? <laughs> just just promise me you don't fucking eat them whole or something and say, and stay away from the seeds because mm-hmm. I imagine those are real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually the so core of a sun, I believe, collapsed yeah. into an organic. Structure. So I don't know. I don't know why these were invented by people. Why did you do this? Why did why, you? Why visit, has this been done? Why have you brought pain? And there are even because the ghost peppers. Are, so I looked it up. Ghost peppers were the spiciest peppers in the world in 2007. They've since been superseded by a few more. The current champion is the Carolina Reaper. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because the ghost pepper is kind of cutely named. It's spooky, right? But it's mm-hmm. kind of cute, and it even kind of looks like a little cute ghost, you know. Uh, but then all the next ones have these absurd, like one of them is called like the something venom. And, and the last one is the Carolina Reaper. <laughs> the you know? Reaper, the Carolina the Reaper looks crazy. Yeah. It's bright, bright red covered in these little bumps. Yeah. And then it has this hook like claw yeah. on yeah. the bottom. Like it's like, even if you survive the spice, I'm still going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. So, so I will say, I was just wondering, you know, why, why? Why invent well, why, this? Why, have we done why this? do we climb why Mount Everest? Done? You know, why do we do <laughs> anything? Because it's fun. You just, you know, you'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. Man. Oh, God. And I think ghost peppers are a good yeah. measurement of but it. But I got to figure I out. I have some ideas on this and we'll we'll hit this a little bit later. Okay. Questions. Okay. But. But yeah, so I'm trying to figure out what to do with these though, because now we've got at least a hundred ghost peppers. You should take them to the farmer's market. And you should just sell them, but also sell them as sweet peppers. No, but the, the <laughs> thing is like it is. It's such a. <laughs> it is such a legit chemical weapon that I could. You couldn't do that. It's in not good a conscience. prank. Yeah, it's it's really not. It's. It's actually. You're hurting it's chemical people. warfare. Yeah. yeah, you know. I don't know how to describe this, but I'm getting more excited about just eating <laughs> one as you talk about. It. So Adam, Adam <laughs> sent this text. Me at least try it in small amounts I'll try small first. Amounts. Adam sent this text yesterday saying, you know, "I'm bringing these peppers in." I don't know why I'm doing this, and I also don't know why I have them. Please don't. <laughs> please don't eat them. I'm bringing them in. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm probably going to eat one. So mm-hmm. I got to I gotta look up something and kind of get a sense of what I might be getting myself into. So I just started looking up YouTube videos of people eating ghost peppers. Do they eat them like whole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll just throw in their mouth and chew it, you know. And it's like, oh, Which means they're, getting, they're getting the seeds and everything. And if you don't yeah. know, the seeds are where all of the horribleness lives. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's the ghost pepper challenge. You know. And so – People always do this thing where they throw the pepper in their mouth and they chew it, you know, vigorously and they swallow it and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't feel anything. And then within eight seconds, they get this look on their face where 
you can see the regret <laughs> just kind of forming. And it's one of those, it's one of the, it's coupled with that feeling of, I can't undo this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've done this thing and yeah. now, now I have to ride this out, you know? And I saw this, so I saw a video, this girl eats this thing and then she seems okay. She's like, oh, this is hot. Oh, it's hot. You know, but she's still okay. And I fast forward to about 15 minutes in. Oh, yeah. And I, she I, is. I, could, I felt it for half an hour yeah, after that. And she is weeping. <laughs> like she has. She has like all of her uh, eye or whatever mascara makeup, you know, like it's just, just it's just it's just down her face. She has like black streaks down her <laughs> cheeks. Her lips are red and puffy, and she's just like chugging milk and just like sobbing in between. <laughs> yeah, people gulps. go to the hospital for this. Stuff. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it's maybe it, maybe maybe no, maybe I don't want this. <laughs> I think it's interesting to try, but only in the sense that like. I'm not uh, no. start, eating the whole start, thing. Yeah, don't eat the whole thing. Come on. Start at that tiny amount just to see. Because like that, that's kind of an interesting way to sort of test your own, mm-hmm. you know, capability, get an understanding of how hot this thing really is, just to experience the world. But the idea of just just taking something that is that people tell you, hey, this is the spiciest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh eat this. And then just doing it. Just <laughs> popping that fucker in your mouth and eating it. I think people that is want crazy. People want stories. It's fun. You know, this it is, is the same as somebody saying, This is the worst thing I've ever smelled. Here's the thing. And you go, let me smell. Yeah, right. <laughs> here's the thing. I got a good story out of just licking a tiny sliver of it, and it's so much more dramatic. But think story, about how yeah. much better the story would have been if you just if like I ended up in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a good story. It'd be a very costly good for story. You. Yeah, if you came in to podcast today and you had these and kind I'd be of like, swollen I spent two thousand dollars yesterday going to the emergency room. You're like, and the, and then the story would end with that was a real hot pepper. <laughs> yeah, and it was very. And hot. that was yesterday, so now it still has to come back out. Would be that's the end of the story. <laughs> That's sort of a cliffhanger, you know, at the end of the story. Yeah. Stay tuned for next episode of, <laughs> of My Body Hurts Everywhere. <laughs> I wish I was dead. I wish I was dead. All right, now to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. If you'd like to get your question onto a future episode, get over there and then do that. First question comes from Crown. Hey, all. So I just want you to know how mm. much of a fan I am and that I really wish I could make it to Shenanicon 2018. But I can't because it was too last minute, as I'm sure you understand. Yeah, we, we yeah, get that. Totally, yeah, those totally. are bad. So definitely have another one. You mentioned about building some PCs. What did you shove in there other than the massive cooling fan? Well, there wasn't much more. Honestly. That was basically it. Just a big old fan. Yeah. We got, what, were, what, were, what were the specs? Give us the rundown. Uh, 16 so have, gigabytes of RAM. But real fast, though. Yeah. Yeah. Six, 16, Very boring. Yeah, 16 gigs to. RAM, uh, 4 gigahertz processor, giant-ass fan, 1 terabyte hard drive, and GTX 960. That's, that's, a, that's a video card. Video cards are now incredibly expensive because of all of these Bitcoin miners mm-hmm. thinking Bitcoin for a while. I thought it was fun. And now I think it's I think it's ruining everything. Yeah. Uh, I wish everybody <laughs> would just fucking stop. Largely, it. it's ruining <laughs> video cards, although it's doing a great number on NVIDIA stock. Yeah, so that's true. You know, them. if yeah. you bought some of that a while ago. That's probably much better than having bought Bitcoin. <laughs> Although that's true. Although I think from talking to NVIDIA staff, they seem to be a little bit bummed that their actual target audience, you know, people who no video games gamers. can't buy their product that they make. Well, um, at least somebody's buying it. At least somebody you know, is. What they can do is they can sort of squirrel away all this Bitcoin mm-hmm. profit that they're making and then reinvest that once everybody who's, Gets off got, who's all in on Bitcoin. If they stop, maybe this is just, just the world we live in now. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> oh my god yeah uh, yeah building a pc is fun and interesting and it's you can look up all kinds of youtube videos on it and stuff like that 
And it seems really complicated, but everything is labeled. Well, the thing I actually found most amusing about it is how hard you have to shove various pieces into the motherboard. Yeah, you basically just punch them in there. It really seems it like, feels you're gonna, bad. like you're going to shatter the whole thing. Even when you put the processor in, they have like this crazy – It's like there's a this, crank This shaft. crazy crank vice thing. So you, like, you put the processor in there and they're like, be very careful. This is the brain of your machine. You're and then you just crush it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you literally like, yeah, you – just press the shit out of it into the computer and lock it in place. And it's yeah. like, where's it going to go? And then they're What's like, they're like okay, you got to put this sophisticated cooling fan on. But first, smear this weird silvery goo on it. Mm-hmm. Thermal paste. Thermal paste. What? what am I doing that for? It sort of makes like a seal so that the heat transfer is complete. Mm-hmm. Passes from the processor. And then you take the RAM and you just like shove it in there. And when I was trying to put the video card in, I turned to Seth and I was like, I can't seem to get this in. He's like, no, you just got to. Just got to really get in there. Put like your whole body weight on just, you know, just just get it in there. There's also yeah. apparently now a jackhammer outside. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a thing. There's that, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if these mics are picking it up, but it's pretty Probably loud. Not. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just hope for the best for this. The rest of this recording, I guess, because mm-hmm. I think I think this jackhammer is going nowhere. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I can actually feel it kind of through yeah. the floor. Maybe they're trying to get some RAM into a motherboard next door, you know? Maybe yeah. that's just what's yeah, happening. Yeah. That's not a jackhammer. That's somebody just building a PC. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a rapid RAM placement device. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Anonymous. Hey, it's Peanut Enid. So not anonymous. Mm. Kind of a kind of a lie there. Yeah. Just kicking off this question yeah. with a full blown. I've been duped. Yeah. Uh, just wondering, are there any game modes that won't be in a level head? No. Battle Royale. Oh yeah. I'll just go ahead and say it. Well, we're not. Well, <laughs> no, no real time multiplayer. Yes, sorry, no real time online multiplayer. None of that, which basically precludes battle royale mm-hmm. because yeah. you have to get otherwise you get a hundred person same screen. Uh huh. Which you know we could do just by changing the well, integer to a hundred. So technically, it is possible. You would need a incredibly giant USB hub dongle to get a hundred controllers. Could you? How many USB devices can a single computer take? Is there a limit? There must be a limit. There must Ooh. be. Because you can use dongles. We have a few dongles. We should try this. You just start chaining them together. Yeah. This is like plugging surge protectors into surge protectors. Yeah. You know, it's a it's it's fine. <laughs> this is what they're <laughs> for. Well, really, really what you need to do is you put so many controllers you need into powered it. USBs though to power all the well, controllers. Thinking, but if you if you got if you put so many controllers in that you siphon enough of the power off of the machine that the machine can't run anymore. And then you take one out. So you get like maybe 16 controls. I don't know. How but, but you can power your USB you dongle. You could just do that. Yeah. So that means technically you have infinite power and infinite dongle space. Yep. Infinite dongle space. How yeah. many? That'd be, that's one of my favorite games. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder how many we could get in, how many people we could shove in at the same time. But I think uh, another game mode that I thought I saw some people talking about, um, I believe the Discord was like an idea of a basketball or some other sports game. We're not doing that. No. Because, I mean, that's ridiculous. But also. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well no, no. The reason being, so the one thing we're keeping our eye on for the game modes is making it such that if you have a, a game mode that it's that it's not just about. So it, so basketball, for example, is actually just all about sort of fighting people. Uh, it's just about fighting people, actually, right? Which if you want to play that in any sort of single player context. Yeah, basketball is basically MMA. Yeah, but <laughs> that's from what I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing elbows. It, there's it, a ball in there, but nobody knows yeah. what it's for. It only works in multiplayer. Yeah, and so we, we did talk about a brawling mode as well, which basically was the same idea where you actually fight people, but the real the reality is that 
we don't necessarily want to set that up because most of those levels are not playable in a although, single player context. Although, huh? huh? We could just have instead of having because part, part of that debate wasn't about like, well, do we have this available in the editor and like and, mm-hmm. and editing levels that are brawlers or is like really weird concepts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but not every mode has to appear in the editor, and not every mode has to appear in a meaningful way in the campaign. So, kind of like where does was, it go then? So there was some Nowhere. Final Fantasy game. <laughs> there was some Final Fantasy game from forever ago. I never actually okay. played, but I watched one of you two play it. Where there's this kind of game that you play in a big sphere of water. Blitzball. Right. Final Fantasy so, Ten. Yeah, it's just like a cool game that it's is 3D soccer. But um, so imagine if that thing just like had to be multiplayer when you were in there. It was let's say it wasn't required for normal gameplay. Mm-hmm. It was just a thing that you could go do if you had multiple people around. Then now there's this cool, interesting, weird game you get. Well, that was with. actually the only way we talked about it was if we did a brawl mode, you wouldn't be able to build brawl levels. Right. We would just build a few arenas. Yeah. And then you, and could, you could just go just, fight you your could, friends. Like, well, yeah, when you're there playing co-op yeah. with your buddies, you could go into these other game modes and just play those things. Yes, not not everything has to be available in the editor. That's true. But I don't know. Do you guys want that? I Everybody know. wants everything. That's I think true. that's fair to say. The yeah. question is, do we have the resources to do that and the extent of everything else we're doing. Yes. Okay. Sure. No, I don't know. That, we'll figure that out. But also, that if if people are really into level head and are, are really digging it, then and so that we decide we can invest the resources in working on it a bit longer after it launches, mm-hmm. then these are also things that we could add post launch as a fifty dollar DLC. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking a five thousand dollar DLC. Yeah, we want to keep it pretty. But this is because that way we can do it in VR also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, VR mm-hmm. just costs a lot. So you put on your VR headset and then we you just play the game normally. <laughs> I mean, it's a 2D game, yeah. so yep. you just that's it. Yep, yep. It is VR compatible in sort of the strictest yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's do it. Our next question comes from Retro Banana Man NL. We haven't heard what the spouses thought of PAX and if it had some kind of an impact. Ooh, it impacts. Impacts. Did it have an impact, Adam? Uh, my wife had a great time. She loves video games, and so that was. Uh, fun for her to to see that that environment um i will say pax is so fucking busy it's crazy that it's kind of like going to disney world and you just got to stand in line to do anything yeah good and so that kind of makes it really hard uh, and so we hadn't actually experienced this you know from this side as a as a as a participant before and i i would honestly say i probably wouldn't do it again for me personally i don't think it's my thing yeah it was just it's just so many people that you don't you just can't really do anything yeah uh, and so I think that was kind of the experience that our spouses also had, except they they sold too many tickets. They did, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, if they cut it down by a fourth, maybe. Well, even even on the last, because we went on Monday, which was the the easiest day because it was the least busy. Um, but even still, it was just packed. So you're just kind of like navigating through this enormous number of people, mm-hmm. and it's all uh, so. So all I know is that I can say is that my wife had a great time and is glad that she went. Um, and. It was a good experience to have had experience, in the past. But I think she <laughs> and I and probably everybody yeah. are not not super pumped about necessarily doing that exact thing again. I but I think right. I think I would be interested. It kind of it kind of reminded me of how fun it was to go to conventions because we used to go to quite a few conventions for a couple of years. Um, and the smaller ones are actually a, are a blast. Yeah. Because you can like move around. Can, there's not as much to do or see, but but you can actually you see to do, do those things, it, which yeah. actually probably means there's more to do and see. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and just the, the vibe of those places and how excited everybody is who's there um, is all really fun and interesting. So it kind of made me want to made me want to go back and start attending some of these things again. Not necessarily to demo, but just yeah. to go visit. One of my favorite conventions that we did was XPO in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which – It was that, tiny. It was tiny and, and to be honest, poorly attended. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in a giant sort of a 
Well, it was in a giant convention center, you know, like a big yeah. expo floor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had they had done a lot of work to get a lot of developers. This was the first year they had done it, and they had done a lot of work uh, to get tons of indie developers there. Um, and there were so few people on the convention floor playing the games that like somebody would, would come by, check out our game. And then we could just chat with that player for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we could go chat with the developers for a, a yeah. long time. Um, it was great. Yeah. It was just, because <laughs> it, it was a true, you know, people meeting people experience, which was not so in PAX, nobody can meet yeah. anybody. You don't, you don't get to have a human, human interaction at all. Uh, it's, it's just purely about sort of the broadcast fandom. And yeah. that's it. And if you want to go talk with another developer, you know, you start talking to them and all of a sudden like a fan just swan dives in into the booth and yeah. then now that that's going on. So then the yeah, developer of course has they're, to like they're trying to set up with the demo. Right. Because they're there for fans and press. And so, uh, you know, for developers to talk to each other, it's actually a very hard environment to do it in. Yeah, we did. So I think my wife had a good time uh, as well. She's just an excitable person. So she's loving the general energy and stuff. We played uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes oh, as wow. a couple, which is a great couple game. So that's or, where or you, a terrible one, depending on what kind of couple. That's <laughs> true. So that's the one where you diffuse a bomb. One person has a has a giant paper uh, binder with all the rules in it, and then the other person has a bomb. And you have to be like, okay, it's, it has this stuff on it, and then she finds the bomb, and then you defuse the whole thing together. Um, so it was really fun. We had a few of those fun experiences. We did that. We played a few other games around the show floor, including some co-op ones, which were fun. Um, but that was interesting because I, you know, wandering around as a player, then I realized that, like we always talk about how games that demo really well at conventions are not necessarily games that sell well, because a lot of the times the games that demo extremely well are, are strict local co-op games. So I played, I think three of those at the convention center and they were Mm -hmm. all, they're always full. There's always a line for them. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Because people go to conventions as a group. Yeah. And and they want things they can do with their friends. Yeah. So it's so fun to sit down and, and hang out. And then the question is, you know. Does that translate into sales at the end of the day? And generally, no, is the answer. So it was sort of interesting because you can see how these the different contexts could make you feel like as a you know as a dev that you're attracting all these players. When in reality, it's it's the context of the experience that's attracting the players, but it's not going to lead to anything in terms of sales and stuff. So there's other factors that have to be in place. Yeah. So I think it was we we chat about it. My wife and I chat about it a bit afterwards, and she said it was very very fun, but again, you know, kind of hectic. Uh, she did get a Pikachu, which was good. So we got stuff like a real, in whole, a real one. Mm-hmm. And we got home, gave it to the dog, and he immediately started biting its tail off. So we're like, "You go, <laughs> Yogi." Used it's bite. like a real life Pokemon <laughs> battle. <laughs> so, uh, so that Pikachu just hanging around the house, which is nice. But yeah, it was good. Nice. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, I, uh, the 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 packed nature of it was just a little bit. It's a lot. Yeah. I would be curious about the other PAXs because because I know PAX West is the is the busiest. They call it PAX Prime. Yeah, it's like it's like mm-hmm. the main one, and so I have to wonder if the other ones are just more bearable I think, <laughs> from a player. Yeah, I think size wise, I think East is also huge. Still, it's still. I mean, it's not like eighty thousand people. But they're it's all still just like probably big. They're gigantic. Big. And then South, I think, is the smallest one. Okay. That's a, and that's in Austin. But right? it's still probably like twenty or 30,000 people, I would guess. Well, and there's this interesting problem. There's this interesting sort of a, a push-pull thing that goes on for the organizers of the convention. Because mm-hmm. you don't you don't want your convention to feel like XPO did for us. Right. You don't want it to seem like nobody showed up, mm-hmm. right? So this is, this is something that like sports teams want to do, politicians want to do. Anybody who relies on creating an atmosphere of enthusiasm, right. they want – Every room to be as packed as possible, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a concert, musician, whatever it is. And so it's weird because that creates the best 
uh, sort of like brand strength mm-hmm. for your yeah, for but your not event. Necessarily the best user experience, what else but it's you, basically the worst experience. Well, it does it does feel good walking into right? Yeah, there's a there's a huge you're amount like, of energy. Oh yeah, and then once you start starting to do stuff, you're like, well, that's you know. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine going to Disney World and being one of eight people in the park. You'd be like, this seems weird. This is creepy. In this fact, is, yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> um, is wrong. Right. So, so instead you feel weirdly better about going there and then waiting three hours in line mm-hmm. to go on a single ride because you're like, this ride's going to be so good because yep. there's three hours worth of people ahead yep. of me. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like paying more for a game and then. You know, yeah. using the price to determine that it's going to be good, mm-hmm. even though it's worse for you to have less money. But psychologically, it's better for you to spend more money on the thing mm-hmm. so you can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Dr. Dino. Dear B. Scotch devs, hope your morning coffee was warm and stuff. I wanted to ask if Levelhead will have some kind of long-term level-up system. For example, collecting coins and over time unlocking different level components or perhaps different character abilities. Something to work towards. Thank you for your time. Mm. So I guess this kind of brings us to the campaign question, yeah. really. In the context of the campaign, yes. Yes. Um, keep a note on it that this is not built yet, which means that also correct. everything will change. Everything will change. But uh, the, the general idea is that so the thing we're trying to do with uh, the combination of the story. So, yes, there will be a story. Um, and the platforming itself and the level building is actually to tie all of them together inside of this idea that the Bureau of Shipping is – you know, it's creating this level head division, which is all about training these robots. And so what you do through the campaign is you actually, you'll be playing through, you know, subsequent stages, just like you would in a normal sort of platformer that sort of scale up in difficulty and throw more components at you. And then at various points, then you'll sort of unlock batches of those editing components that you can then use. So it's not like something, you know, and I know in Super Mario Maker, originally they had you just wait. So it was every day when you came back, then they would unlock another couple items. And I think it was like a nine day process. And then they changed it because people complained about it to be because there's no agency there, right? You can't – if I like play the shit out of Super Mario Maker, I don't get stuff as I'm learning how to yeah, use you it. You see a good level and you're like, oh, I want to do that thing. It's like, well, no. There's, yeah, you just have you're to You're six wait. days away arbitrarily from Right. That. So ours will be similar in the fact that you'll see – you might see a level that like has all sorts of crazy stuff in it um, if you hop on the level hub or whatever else. And you won't be able to build it yet. But there's no, a lot of agency there because you'll know. That just means you got to beat – yeah. You know that levels it's, it's in the yeah. campaign structure. Um, and then, yeah, we have, we have plenty of ideas for how to sort of get that out. But the idea is to tie all those things together such that you have this really, we think, end up kind of at the end of the day, a uniquely uh, cohesive system where the story is all about building up this, this department, right, to build these levels. Uh, beating the campaign levels actually gives you the tools in the editor, and then the editor is where you go and build levels and then put them up on the hub. And all of that's done in the context of you being a – Bureau of Shipping employee. So this is not just like an editor that you're using randomly. It's sort of we're trying to really bake it all in and make it really cohesive. There's a story behind it. Yeah. 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 And, and as far as the incentives go, this is something that we we downloaded and played a lot of different games like this, especially on mm-hmm. mobile, because there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them do this kind of a thing where they try to incentivize um, playing other people's levels through some kind of a coin system or whatever. Right. So maybe like you can put coins in your level and then you need to collect coins in order to build levels, right? Mm-hmm. So what you discover then is this this completely kills uh, the online play component because every level you see is called coin farming, best coin farming level, yeah. coin farm, coin farm, mm-hmm. because all anybody wants to do is get as many coins as they can now. Mm-hmm. So, so we've actually 
uh, we're actually taking a lot of care to disincentivize just everything about all of that. Yeah, everything right. about shared levels. Yeah. So that so that the whole point of doing it is is for fun. It's to do as it. As soon as we attach rewards to playing other people's levels, or like mm-hmm. let's say let's say you could put something in your level like some kind of a hidden, you know, star or whatever. And if you get if you get enough stars, then you get unlock some new thing. Mm-hmm. Well we have now we have now handed that progression mechanism off to the community. And one thing we know about players is they want to win the most with the least amount of effort, mm-hmm. even though that's the least fun thing to do. But having the rewards mm-hmm. is something people want, right? So, uh, so then you would see every level would be called, you know, star farming, star farm, yep. get your stars, and you wouldn't be able to find any good levels to play. Correct. So instead, yeah, so we build the progression system. We design that to be fun and engaging and have a sense of growth. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll be, I mean, frankly, I think that's going to end up being – Again, one of those really unique offerings because because uh, there are plenty of games that handle it that are similar in that way that handle it in that particular uh, with that particular design choice uh, as opposed to saying you know what um, we know how to build levels and before you get to build levels you need to at least experience some good ones uh, <laughs> and then have it all be kind of bound together. Um, so yeah. I'm really excited about. It. I think it's going to be. This also makes me think awesome. of another interesting consequence of not letting people name their levels, like we've talked about, right? Or, or they have to use right. our random naming system mm-hmm. and our tags, and our, our tags. tags. Yeah, because that means that now it's much harder to game the system in, mm-hmm. in really any way. Because a part of our rationale was that it's impossible to summarize the experience of playing any given level in a title anyway. So a title doesn't do much and, and can't do much to tell a, a player what a level is about. But it can be used very effectively as a signal for certain kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to signal, hey, this is for this is for star farming. Yeah, this is for star farming. This is for mm-hmm. whatever. They can use titles that do that. But if they're not even allowed to have a title like that, yeah, then and we we don't now have the, suddenly that's fine. And we now have the random naming of levels in, and it's actually quite hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome uh, because it's also. But we the, also have random naming of users in Rumpus now, which also feels fantastic. Yeah, so, so that I actually happy you sent that. I, I, I thought everybody. Okay, so let's talk about it because this is interesting. So we actually because we did get a note from someone too when we discussed this idea of uh, destroying usernames. Yeah, and why? And especially for a small team like us, why? Why it would be the case that we would actually want to not allow people to name themselves? Yes. Yeah. And why, as a user, of course, there's going to be some like some chafing because of that. But the question is, what what is the purpose? What is actually the problem here? Because yeah. I think it's something on the design side we we're taking a lot of care to to sort of handle, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna rub some people so the wrong it way. Is. I so, mean, and it is um, right up until but, well, right up until they use the system and they get fun. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and there will be there will always be some people who are mad. But our our job here isn't to isn't to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. It's to design the best user experience that we can for the majority of the people who we want to make games for. And which has the least propensity for abuse. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's because, and, and that's, that's just a consequence, right? Because yeah. abuse destroys the, the other part of the design. So, cause abuse is basically just somebody going against your design intent. Right. And so any mechanism that you have for, for users to do something without strict limitations is now an avenue for abuse. Right. And so, so think about how PUBG banned 30 million yeah, people. Or, or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. some, thir- out, no, 300, I don't know. Some outrageous number, whatever it was. And any number is ridiculous. But yeah, they're banned, they have to ban people by the millions for, for mm-hmm. hacking and cheating in their game. Yeah. Which, of course, ruins everybody else's game yeah. experience. And so, and so that's why you have to have that. And so, so yeah, there will be people who will always be upset that they're not allowed to cheat. I mean, there are people who get – who send death threats because they're not allowed to cheat, right? Because mm-hmm. that, they got banned for hacking. Yeah. And – 
So, so there's there's always going to be those people. But the thing right. is, let's talk about in the, in the context of usernames because this is not necessarily that situation. This is like I want to be able to call myself Doctor Dino, yeah, for example, or whatever, right? Um, yeah, and so that's just another place for abuse because players will abuse each other by having horrible names, correct? And so because they and I think probably on average those who do have horrible names aren't even thinking about what the impact of that on other people because no, that's I think, not what's going on at all. No, I think usually you're just like, ha. Yeah, it's just, it's funny. These words are funny because, mm-hmm. you know, because they're horrible. Because yeah. they're horrible. That's right? why like, people get their first womp it and crash it and they name it butt face or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. You know. uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a lot of, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of creativity involved, but there's also not active hostility involved, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but there are also some people who purposely choose names with the intent of offending other people because they know that people will see their username Correct. in some context. Um, but both of those cases create a bad user experience for everybody else. Um, and, and so we, you basically have sort of, you know, you have a few paths here. So one is you just say, whatever, it's the internet. Mm-hmm. Which is what most tech companies do. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and as now a we're seeing the results of right, that. As a yeah, consequence, you end up working out great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You end up building yet another toxic place on the internet. Uh, or you can say, okay, look, we think this is really important. So let's have a heavy moderation team and so on. And we'll have all these systems in place so we can catch bad actors and punish them. And so then you have to have punishment mechanisms. You have you to have to hire stuff. staff. So yeah, you we know that, staff, you have to have robots, you have to do all these things. Yeah, we know that because people can upload videos and photos, then Facebook has a staff of 16,000 people who have to review a piece of reported content every four seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we could do that. We could do that. You uh, know, that and seems then, fun. And so we're not, we're not willing to do the first because we don't want to make yet another bad place on the internet. That's not the kind of user experience that we're trying to mm-hmm. provide. Uh, we don't want to do number two because we don't want to dump the resources into that. And so the we third don't have option, the resource. I think it's we the, don't the, have them. Yes. Yeah, we're four people. I mean, if 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 Levelhead goes even just fine, you're going to have you know tens of thousands of people in it playing the game, and and easily one percent of them are being little shits. Yeah, <laughs> and like if you want to just you just look at the time spent on that, that's just not going to. That's literally going to crush the studio. Yeah, so it's long. not. It's not worth it. We want to make games. Yeah, yeah. So so then the third option is to is to either just not have that concept, so not have no names, names or whatever, right. uh, or have ones that are tightly within our control. So as in there is or is not player choice, but we actually somehow get to choose what the what the possibilities are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing with all this is take a step back and ask, what are usernames for, right? Because what usernames do is they give players an opportunity to express themselves in mm-hmm. some way. It gives them a sense of identity, right? So that they, they can basically attach an identity to to this thing that you're providing. So that way they feel unique. You know, they're like, right. I'm the only person named XXZX Legolas XXZX <laughs> exactly. on my specific. Right. Uh, and so, <laughs> but, but that uniqueness is important because that's used for other people to identify them. Correct. Right. So, so those are the things that it's used for. And none of those things require that you have, that you choose exactly the name that you want. Right. Right. You can satisfy all of those things that your name set out to achieve by a system like the one we did where we we let you still make a choice and that you can keep re-rolling random names. Um, but we don't let you choose what the pool of random names consists right. of. It's choice within a constrained system as opposed to exactly. the generative nature of the entire alphabet. Yeah. So it's it's a whitelisted possible set of combinations of things. Mm-hmm. And it's large. You can could, you could make 13 or no, 15 billion names with the system that we mm-hmm. have. So – uh, so you're almost <laughs> definitely going to be unique in the name that you choose. Mm-hmm. Almost um, definitely. And and there will be some and, – and sometimes you won't be or, or for – because it's a first name, last name kind of system. So sometimes you have the same first name as somebody or whatever. It will be rare, but it will happen. Um, but even still, you're it's basically a unique name now. Mm-hmm. So so we've given you that. Uh, we've made it so that you can't 
you can't be hurt by somebody else or hurt somebody else in turn by the choices that you make in that system. And so, so the end effect is that we've created a much better user experience for the entire pool of people mm-hmm. uh, by creating a designed experience. So not instead of one where we just say, hey, have a username. That's a thing that things do, right? We say, we have a reason that you have a name, mm-hmm. which is like we understand what it's for. This design system that we have uh, fully implements that. And makes it so you can't use it for that other thing you could use it for, right. which is hurting which people. Is, which, is, which is harassment. And <laughs> yeah. so, so now we, we basically just take that feature away, which means that we don't have to moderate anymore. Yes. Uh, we don't have to – we don't have to – and I, I had already built – I had already built – a username reporting system. It took and, so much freaking energy. Yeah, too. and there's a ton of code in there, yeah. and, it's, and we never, and we still never quite figured out because then we have to figure out the algorithm for like, okay, given that people will abuse that too. So like, so mm-hmm. take a popular streamer, right? They'll go up, they'll start streaming their stuff, and then their fan base because like, that'll come off of off of Twitch, which right. is yeah. a toxic. The more visible place. somebody is, the more likely they will be reported for no reason. Yeah, and so so now I'm like, okay, this has to be a sort of a self balancing mechanism. So I designed a thing to do this, but it's untested, mm-hmm. and we'll only be able to test it when it goes live. And right. so like, oh my God, can so think, we, so think not, of how, you know, I, I can guarantee you that every video that say like Markiplier puts up mm-hmm. gets reported thousands or tens of thousands of times Probably, for yeah. inappropriate content, for yeah. language, for anything, anything that you can, yeah. you can select yeah, and just drop by, just by people trolling him. People who are just like, I don't like this guy. And then they just report him trying to get his content taken mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And so that means like as YouTube, you have to, you have to understand the probabilities of things. So you just have to look at the statistics across all videos and ask what would be a really abnormal rate of these kinds of things so that we can then determine which ones look like they're real? Except you can only do that when you already have the data, which means at the beginning, you got to either let everything through or be overly pessimistic and let basically nothing through. And so that was a design I, I had to begin with is an overly pessimistic system mm-hmm. so we can keep the, you know, the horrible people out uh, at the consequence of just also punishing people who didn't do anything wrong. Like the big thing for us is you want to be able to create a situation where someone say has a daughter or a son and they want to sit down and play some level head together and that they're just not there's gonna zero see some fucked up stuff. Yeah, like, there's zero chance <laughs> I just, yeah. You know, just have no interest in that being yeah. so now you're gonna play levels you know, a level called Hot Boot Mountain made by A Dupe Fairbank. <laughs> That's hilarious. It. Which is hilarious. But also, <laughs> but the other thing that it, that it provides is a sense, a stronger sense of sort of thematic cohesion. Yes, you know, this, the, yeah, actually one of the things we're excited about is the fact that we're giving you a name in our world. Yeah. As opposed to you bring in this whatever, you know. You leave your baggage at the door. Legolas is not here, Legolas, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Legolas that's, that's is not from a different invite. franchise. Yeah, and so um, – and again, this pulls into some of the narrative and stuff and I, I think we'll be able to really cohesively push all this stuff together so that it doesn't feel like you're just sort of randomly choosing a name. Yeah, I mean I even wrote up some lore in our name generator. Yeah. So in the name generator, now if you go onto the website, onto to bscotch.net to, and go to Rumpus to change your username – um, now it's called an alias, right? Mm-hmm. And that little code that you use is now called your BS code, which is, of course, Butterscotch shenanigans, but it's also the Bureau of Shipping. It's your Bureau of so Shipping that's employee, employee ID. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your employee ID for the Bureau of Shipping, and your alias is now something that is gifted to you by the Dusk Watchers, mm-hmm. right? And so those of you who've played a bunch of our games, you'll have seen the Dusk Watcher stuff referenced in Crashlands. Yeah. Um, and so this is, you know, mysterious, shadowy, they're basically thing. the Illuminati of the book. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and so, so now we just so – basically I just, I just retconned some lore to explain why this is how usernames work in our system, which, mm-hmm. is, which is that you, you have been named within the Butterscotch universe by members of that universe, mm-hmm. right? So that's it. That's how it works. And now there's also a reason for like – because why, why should you be able to, to give yourself a new username, right? In the context of any other game you play or any other mm-hmm. system, you just change your username all willy-nilly for any possible reason that you want to. 
but why? What does that mean, right? Because now you're changing who other people think that you are. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff is now is now different, and so we can also add some lore to that and make that interesting, and also give give some reasons. So now it. we have there's sort of a ritual that you do where you approach the desk watchers and you have to you offer them your current alias if, if want, it has enough yeah. power. If you want a new name, you have to give up something in return. You have mm-hmm. to give up your old name. Yeah. So you sacrifice your old name to the desk watchers, and then they'll. They'll let you roll a bunch of dice till you get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so by basically telling, by basically telling people like, you know, this is, this is part of the experience actually. Um, yeah. That this, this has a design intent. Uh, then, yeah, we're, we're still going to get some people who are, who are angry at us because um, there's nothing we can do that doesn't cause that to happen. I don't, but, I don't make things for angry people. That's the thing. <laughs> is, is we're not, is we're actually, we're explicitly ma- not making things for those people. Yeah. Like very, like on purpose, you know, like this is not for that person. So if someone's horribly upset by the fact that they can't name themselves or levels, whatever they want, it's that's fine. a person we don't, we would wish that they just didn't buy our stuff and stayed away. Yeah. They won't Get out your, yeah, your money's no good here. Angry mm-hmm. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got time for one more quick question. Uh, this question comes from Razor39325. Um, so that might be like a debit pin or, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> what happened to the naming or zip code? I don't know. What happened to the naming scheme that you used back in episodes 111 to 116? Why did you do that in the first place? For the, was that when we the were podcast? Like, we should probably tell people what is actually happening in the podcast. Cause I think that's how oh, yeah. yeah. So we, you know, as you know, if you're a podcast, if you're a regular listener, our episodes are named after some bizarre phrase that sprung out of. A what, mouth. Whatever we were talking a about. A mouth mostly. Mm-hmm. Usually a mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the problem was it's kind of like naming levels. So we were we had this exact problem. We were like, yeah. okay, so the podcast. We couldn't summarize the content of the podcast in a title. Exactly. So, so we the, tried to. Yeah. So we were like, okay, well, well, the question was really, what is our audience coming here for? And we thought maybe we know people we come here from our games. We were trying to grow the audience at that point. Yeah. So the question was, if we actually name the titles as something that people can understand. And even like find when they're searching for something related to that on accident. Right. Like, how do I build a business? Yeah. Or how do I deal with this X, Y, or Z thing? So we usually took one of the questions, t- typically one of the more legit questions, and then put the made the, the uh, title out of that as opposed to just a random word. It didn't seem to do anything. I think, yeah. And I us. think this was a case of sort of – us missing the forest for the trees, you know, where mm. we, we thought we want to grow our podcast audience. So how are we going to do that? Well, let's take a look at a shit ton of statistics. Um, let's look at search engine optimization. Let's up. We also updated our, our artwork that goes mm-hmm. on the cover of the podcast. We looked at spreading it out to more podcast services. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, updated how we did our descriptions and we thought you know if we sort of aggregate all of these changes then then we will start to see growth Mm -hmm. like you know we'll start to see the audience getting bigger and bigger none of that happened um because there's also a core part of the podcast which is what it is It's (laughs) it's the actual episodes it's the things that we talk about and uh and also realizing that before we released crash ends, we were getting 30 to 70 listens per episode. You know, mm. it was, it was down there. And then when we launched crash lands, it spikes up to 4,000 or something like that. It was that. 2,500. 
Uh, actually, the episode yeah. of the launch week was over four thousand. Yeah, we, so we've it? had we've had a few that were over yeah, 4, and then we nice. missed a couple weeks because of the chaos of launch, and then we lost two thirds of the. We should people. probably pre-record before the level head yeah. launch a few, a few maybe, episodes. Maybe. Just <laughs> that is not necessarily to definitely use, but just to have it just on to back have them yeah. on the back burner. Yeah, um, yeah, and this is and and it's something that. You know, it's obvious in retrospect, which is to understand why why people are coming here. And we thought, well, maybe they'll stumble into it and then stick around. Right. But it, it they're they're coming here because of the games. You know, that's kind of the mm-hmm. that's the starting point. And then maybe they heard about it from a friend who's a game developer or something like that. Right. Um, but largely, it's these these huge public events like a game launch that allow us to to bring more people into the the podcast. So the podcast will grow basically once every two years. <laughs> two, three, every every two three years, we'll get a few thousand more people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then and then someday it might get big enough that that through word of mouth it can slowly slowly grow by itself. Yeah, maybe but, it'll hit a tipping point, but but maybe not. The problem is our listeners are always steady, so that's yeah, nice. People we are know, coming back. Yeah, we know that we're making a good thing. We don't know exactly how slash why, but we know it's good. <laughs> so we're just gonna keep on doing it, and we'll just kind of let it play its course yeah. nowadays. So then, yeah, and and you might have noticed just for our studio in general that. That we we switched over, you know, sometime after that time when we were trying to like name podcast differently, or whatever. Our entire studio ethos just completely changed. Where we're basically just saying we're going to do things. We're still going to be careful about how we're designing stuff and why we're doing things and so on. But now we're really going to go back to focusing on what is fun for us to do. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the podcast, having a podcast series with just bizarre fun titles is a hell of a lot more fun. Like mm-hmm. businessy, you know, summaries of the the entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Uh, idea set that it was included in this episode you know that's not and the thing is you know that's gonna reduce our rate of accidental drop-ins by Mm 3.74 percent you know but on the other hand who gives a shit you know i mean so it's just like the random usernames thing you know yeah i don't want to spend my time moderating usernames i don't want to spend time listening (laughs) figuring out what the what's the lesson i don't know yeah yeah we got games to make how about past tense of meat there's there's your lesson Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we don't yeah, and, and we also at that time we talked about you know maybe we should change our approach you know in our episodes maybe we should change the structure of the episode to reach a broader audience you know we should do all this stuff um, and I think we we tried a couple different we things did, yeah. well we also got some feedback we put up a a, a form a Google form that people could provide some feedback on the podcast we're trying to figure up, out, like isn't it it's still up yeah um, you can there's a link on the on podcast okay. at so if you haven't filled that out and want to like it is it is very interesting to us just mm-hmm. to see uh, but you know we, we asked a bunch of questions to try to figure out. Who's coming here? Why? You know, what are, what are they interested in hearing? Are there parts they don't like, and so on? And of course, no one will be surprised that for any given part of the of the podcast, some people hate it. For some people, that's the reason that they listen to it. So, right. <laughs> but the thing is that that totally makes sense because people all came here, and then and then those who liked on average what we were doing stuck around, right. which means that for any given subset of our audience, they don't they don't like the same pieces of this thing. Mm-hmm. We can't optimize it in any meaningful way without losing people that we already have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, all we could do is then maybe get some new people, but those ones would now, it would just be optimized for those people instead now. And, right. You know, instead of the people. Yeah, I think the best general note is people were like the, the technical stuff is interesting, but if we have episodes that are only technical stuff, which we have had in the past ones that had much more of like a 30 minute chunk about a very particular yeah. tech. That really piece. narrows the, the audience. It's less yeah. interesting. So the, the, the only bent we've sort of made only slightly, I think is just, just to, to include more, level. well, include more life story stuff too. Yeah, because it's just fun. Well, and, but talking about ghost peppers, <laughs> right? But keep things focused on sort of, uh, yeah, life experience, but but then design intent behind yes. things. So not necessarily the nitty gritty details of of just 
what are the what are the numbers involved? What are what are the algorithms you use? You know, none of that kind of stuff. Uh, but keeping it high level so that stuff just stays conceptually interesting in a way that people can get no matter what their background is. Right. Uh, so that even if even if a particular aspect you're like not that into it, you don't have to listen to us drone on and on about the the numbers and the details of the well, thing. Well, yeah, and, and we're not we're not very keen on changing the format of the podcast so that we would be talking about stuff that we don't actually care about. Yeah, to know. a different set of people. Correct. Yeah, we're gonna that talk about. Larger. Yeah, we're gonna okay. yeah. just talk about the stuff that we find interesting um, and the experiences that we're having and the kinds of things that we are trying to learn or gain mm-hmm. from those. And if you like it, then you just sit around the bonfire and hang out. If you, like if you it, don't, you just, yeah. then just get out of here. Get on out of here. <laughs> then we would appreciate it if you know other people who would like it and if you brought them into the fold. Absolutely. Yeah, please but please again, definitely do that. But again, one thing we've learned in all of our years is that word of mouth is totally bogus. It's pretty weak. Because when you yeah. try to get people to do anything, they almost never do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if you just steal their phone, download, podcast, whatever, mm-hmm. one of the things. Yep, theft. Yep. Well, you're still going to give it back, though, so it's Borrowing. Fine. So you're, you're going to temporarily steal it, which is also uh-huh. called borrowing. And then you're going to go to whatever app store is on that device, and mm-hmm. you're going to download a podcast listening app. Then you're going to subscribe to Coffee with Butterscotch. That's what I'm saying. Who can then you're do gonna, all this? Then I you're going to give it back, and I'm you're going to say, I have given you the greatest gift. And you say, next time you commute, mm-hmm. press play. Just push this button. And they're like, I actually just ride one of those scooters to work every day. Yeah. So not- and they'd be like, no, I just – I listen to – like, here's the thing. It's fundraising week on NPR, and I really want to <laughs> really listen to <laughs> oh my God. just – I haven't had to experience one of those in, in a couple of years now. But I remember back my commute when I was uh, mm-hmm. when I was working in a lab – it was every day I would, I would be listening to NPR to get my get my news fix, you know. And man, those weeks yeah. those are brutal. Those are brutal weeks. And you're like, you know, even if I donate right now, it doesn't impact. It anything. does not shorten the duration Ooh, of this fundraising week. That would be the actually the they best started, place they started to do doing it. They did start did they? doing that. Yeah. Oh, where, good. Yeah, where they'd oh. be like, we can end this one early if we hit. You know, they, they, <laughs> it's almost like yeah. holding people hostage. They, they finally they finally figured. That I love out. it. Yeah. Um, that's the pain point, as they say in free to play monetization. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> public radio is is it uses that uh, mm-hmm. free to play. It is free to free play. to listen, but at a certain point, you you know, you got to pay to get through your own impatience. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. get, get those totes. <laughs> yeah, those tote bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can hop into our Discord server over at discord.gg slash bscotch. Come say hello. And I will say, that thing is hopping right now. Is yeah. it? I haven't gotten in there in the last couple of days. We, uh, we put out, so we put out another Ballyhoo, mini, a mini Ballyhoo about the shenanigans. mini who, which mm-hmm. included in it, it said, you know, be among the first to play this game by coming to the convention. Uh, but if you can't, because we know almost everybody who gets that email will not be able right. to, uh, you can also just sign up for the abs that for abs, so that once we go into you know alpha or beta or whatever, you know you'll you'll be on the list of people who might get in. Uh, and that thing, that little tidbit right there, mm. um, brought a whole bunch of people into into that uh, form of the application, which also requires a Discord and mentions our Discord oh, server. I didn't so, think about this. I didn't either. But so we, we got a fl- – yes, starting yesterday, we juice, just got a Juice flood. box was overheating <laughs> we have, trying to keep trying up. Trying to announce everybody coming in. Oh, we have, we cool. have a juice box robot in our Discord server that announces – that welcomes people into the server. Yeah, you can also – he has his own little channel. You can go talk to him. So you can ask him like roll dice for you. Mm-hmm. You can ask him about things in Crashlands. 
Uh, so if you haven't experienced that because you're not on our Discord yet, go to discord.gg slash bscotch and, you know, just get in there. Beautiful. Yeah. And so if you're playing a D&D campaign and everybody forgot their dice, yeah, you, have you can boot up our dice. Discord server and just say, juice box, roll D20. Mm-hmm. Or you can tell them to roll 3D20. You know, you can... He's got some, he's got skills. He knows all about dice. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's also got some tricks in there. Like if you tell him to roll a d zero, he's got something. If you roll a d zero, kind of uh, he, I, can't, I can't remember what he does. He just rolls say, shut up. If you, oh, <laughs> you, can also, you can also tell him to roll a d one, and then he just throws down a Mobius strip. Yeah, which is awesome. Like that one side. <laughs> if you, and if you ask him to roll a large enough number, then he just rolls some marbles. He just throws some marbles. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they've got so many sides, they're spheres now. You know, so. Did you put that in there Juice, for real? Yeah. Juice That's Box is a, is a sassy, snarky damn Because I, I had to put limits in there, right? Because I didn't want people to roll like 100 D, 1 right, million or whatever. Juice Box would overheat. Yeah. yeah, but I needed a reason for there to be, you know, those limits in there. So, what if you roll a negative number? Does Juice Box uh, handle that? He does. I can't remember what he does for that He's one. He's probably though. real mad about it. He's very snarky. <laughs> what does he do? Yeah, I can't remember. But it's anyway. You can go. You can play with Juice Box in his channel. I just know that people ask him. What the, one of the most repeated questions is, "What's the meaning of life?" Yeah, He's so like, I had to go to deliver packages. Yeah. It's so clear, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It, it was fun because when I first put him in there, first put Juice Box into the into the Discord, then I could just see the kind of stuff people were asking. Yeah. Him, you know. So then I went back and coded up a bunch of answers to those common questions. Mm-hmm. So that and I got to put that one in there and some other ones. So pretty fun. It's sort of like it machine out. learning. With sort and of only I'm ball. the one learning. <laughs> and, I, and then I tell the machine what to do. Yeah. Um, Close enough. Old yeah. school. That's old school. Old school machine. Learning. Machine teaching, you could say. Yes. Um, also, we do have a shop over at shop.bscotch.net. So if you would like to buy T-shirts, mugs, stickers. We will have new level head tees at some point in the future, too. Those are in the works. Are they? Yeah. Do we have a timeline? No. No, we, no, we <laughs> do not. So we don't just do timelines. Just keep here. checking it. Yeah, just hit refresh until um, it appears every five ten minutes. Just yeah. Get you yeah. excited. You'll get that. Um, and also, if you'd like to send us something, we do have a mailbox, which you can find the address for over at mailbox.bscash.net. And last but not least, if you would like to buy us a cup of coffee, you can do so at moneygrab.bscash.net. Actually, here's real last, but also definitely not least, is go to meet.bscash.net and get into the shenanigan. Get those shenanigan tickets, yep. get your delicious food, get your delicious live podcast episode, and best of all, your delicious first look at Levelhead mm-hmm. in yep. the flesh. You will get to play it. The with end. You, with your flesh. <laughs> yeah. With your flesh. Uh, <laughs> with your flesh uh, pads. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.